Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Hour number three. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here on 97.3 The Fan, the John Cantera Show, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3. Again, tomorrow, uh, we'll have an off day. We got Padre Baseball, the uh, fourth and final ball game. Uh, Padres hosting. The Chicago Cubs before they move on to Colorado uh, for the uh, weekend. Uh, and then they'll be in Milwaukee next week as well. Uh, we want to get out to a lot of phone calls this hour. Uh, the 2 o'clock hour seems to be the uh, time where people like to dial me up. Uh, we get a few calls here and there in 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock hour. But the 2 o'clock hour seems to be the hour where people really like to, to call in and uh, get their thoughts uh uh, out on the table. Our phone number, if you'd like to uh, dial me up, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. We've talked Padres. Nice win last night, 9-8, a walk-off victory against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Steve Seashack really struggled there uh, in the 10th inning. He had he gave up a hit and three walks and uh, walked Manny Margot on a 3-0 pitch, and uh, the Padres walked away with a 9-8 victory. Tonight, the uh, matchup out of Petco Park will be uh, young uh, right-hander Chris Paddock, 8-7 and seven and a 3.54, going against a local product. Boy, what a great career Cole Hamels had. The kid out of Rancho Bernardo, a left-hander, 7-6 and six and a 3.95. Uh, Cubs sitting right now at 77-67, and 67, trying to at least get that second wild card. And the Padres, 10 games under 500. Boy, they'd like to, to whittle that number down and get a little bit closer to the 500 mark. But uh, Padres start night at 67 and uh, 77. Uh, we uh, also talked about the Antonio Brown situation, the civil lawsuit. Uh, he practiced today. Uh, Bill Belichick's comment was day to day. And uh, he was out there practicing today. Uh, the commissioner has the ability to put him on the exempt list, Antonio Brown, to where he would still get paid, but he would not uh, be a participant uh, until this situation uh, is settled one way or the other. So we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But I want to get to the Aztecs a little bit because I do think with their win last week over uh, UCLA, people are kind of fired up. Uh, and I would imagine, you know, it's hard uh, to have a win at the Rose Bowl and then come back and be excited, yet you've got to get on a plane and go back out to another road game. And this time you've got to fly. It's not like you're taking a bus from you know, San Diego to L.A. and L.A. back to San Diego. you got to get on a plane. And they'll leave on Friday, and they'll uh, go over to Las Cruces, New Mexico, take on a New Mexico State team that, you know, I don't know how good they are. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine them being great. Uh, but they've also played Washington State on the road, and they've played Alabama on the road. Okay? So they're, needless to say, they're 0-2. I have no idea. But you know what I'm telling you right now? New Mexico State is looking at the schedule going, you know what? 
yeah, these guys played at UCLA. UCLA's not that good. Uh, they're coming here. They're probably going to have a little bit of a letdown. And we think we can beat these guys. So they're going to – and it's their home opener. Uh, they're in Las Cruces. So they're going to be fired up. So hopefully the Aztecs uh, get fired up as well. But uh, kind of an interesting uh, – kind of a game gamesmanship uh, situation with uh, – UCLA and San Diego State this past uh, week. And, you know, I don't know why this stuff came out where, when it came out because both teams right now should be focusing on their next game. But, hey, you know what? Uh, it is what it is in this day. But UCLA safety, Quentin Lake, made a comment um, uh, that kind of, you know, scratched people's head. When, when you look at tape, when you look at tape of an opponent, you keep that stuff under wraps. And you coach it up at practice, but you don't want to go out there and and tell people, even if it's after the fact, okay? But Quentin Lake, uh, the safety for UCLA, was saying that quarterback Ryan Agnew, every pre-snap would tip off whether or not it was a pass play or a run play. By when he was going to pass, he would wipe his hands on the towel or go to the towel that he had. Well, you know what? It didn't work very well because the UCLA defense couldn't stop him. Ryan Agnew threw for a career-high 293 yards the other day. And so, you know, this is after the fact. This is after UCLA gets beat 23-14, to 14 and uh, Quentin Lake comes out and makes this comment. You know what? You got beat. Keep your mouth shut. It just made UCLA, look, in my opinion, look even worse on defense than they already looked against the Aztecs. But here's Ryan Agnew's response to what Quentin Lake had to say. Ryan, after the game on Saturday, one of the DBs for UCLA made a comment that you were doing a tell on your passing plays with touching your towel. What were your thoughts on him saying that? Um, I actually knew that they knew going into the game. So I can use that to the best of my advantage that I could. Did you tap it a few times when it was going to be? Yeah, I tapped it a few times when it was a run. I didn't tap it when it was like play action pass or certain passing situations. So um, I kind of played like a mental game instead of a physical game. Okay, now how did he know that they knew? Uh, you know, let me ask you that. How how did he know that? Well, you got a buddy on the other team that tipped him off and said, "Hey, every time you go to the towel, we know that you're going to the pass." You know that that's crazy stuff. I, I don't even want, know what to make about that. But hey, nonetheless, the uh, Aztecs got on that bus and came back to San Diego with a hard-fought 23 to 14 win. And, you know, I was reading today in the comments, and I know yesterday, Tuesday, Rocky always meets with the media. And we had Kirk Kenny on about, the program, uh, you know, what Rocky had to say. And Rocky didn't really have a whole lot to say about the UCLA game. It's all about New Mexico State now. But the thing that I'm most concerned about with the Aztecs right now is the run game. They're not running the football anywhere close to what they've done in the past. And I know they've got some new guys on that offensive line. But this offensive line has got to do a better job of run blocking. And I also think, let, let's face it, Jawan Washington is not healthy. I mean, he carried the ball, what, uh, 22 times, I think, the, the first game, but 19 of them in the second half. He had an ankle injury in the first half. And last week he carried it 20 times for 41 yards. That's not going to get it done. In fact, the Aztecs last week, in their win at UCLA, uh, 47 rushing attempts. For only 80 yards. And again, in college football, if a quarterback gets sacked, that they take the yardage off for that. So sometimes that can be a little bit of a, uh, a missed number. But nonetheless, the Aztecs are not running the football the way you would like them to run, the way they've run it 
uh, the last decade. And, again, Juwan Washington's our number one guy. Remember last year? He was actually leading the nation in rushing last year, and then he ended up getting hurt. Well, you got to get this guy healthy. They've got some other guys that are pretty good. I mean, Jordan Bird looked pretty good the other day. Uh, Chase Jasmine, who we've seen in the past, uh, he carried it three times for three yards. Another sophomore, Chance Bell. I mean, they've got some good backs. But the offensive line got to come together. Mike Schmidt got to get that group uh, rolling. The receiver stepped up in a big way. I mean, we were talking about and joking about the wide receiver, the uh, uh, the sophomore wide receiver yesterday. He's wearing number 92. If I was playing for San Diego State, I'd be playing probably number wearing number 92, and I'd be playing defensive end. I thought that was kind of cool. Normally, you'd see a 92 guy probably be a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Uh, Kobe Smith, he was great the other day. I mean, he played a big factor in that game. Seven catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. So I, I don't know if your perception of the Aztecs has changed in the last couple of weeks. Mine has. Because now I have actually seen their quarterback, Ryan Agnew, throw the ball and have success with it. It's the best game he's ever played in an Aztec uniform. You know, last year he was supposed to be the backup and Christian Chapman went down and Ryan came in. He was a better runner than he was passer, kind of a a manager. And Christian Chapman at times was uh, more than just a manager. I mean, you know, he had a really great career at San Diego State. I mean, I know a lot of people weren't big Christian Chapman fans. Uh, they didn't think he could do this, he couldn't do that. A lot of that has to do with the offense. That's all by design. Christian Chapman had a really nice career at San Diego State. What, he's the winningest quarterback in the history of the Aztec football program. And let me tell you, there have been some uh, great quarterbacks. Now, a lot of them only played uh, one or two years because Don Coriel and Claude Gilbert used to go to the junior college ranks and bring guys in. But, you know, you, you think about the quarterbacks, Don Horn, Brian Seip, Dennis Shaw. I remember Jesse Freitas and Bill Donkers. Both those guys actually played the NFL. They used to rotate play after play. One guy had run from the sidelines to the huddle. The other guy had run from the huddle to the sidelines after the play. I mean, they have had a great group of quarterbacks at San Diego State over the years. And Christian Chapman, who graduated last year, was the winningest quarterback in Aztec football history. Pretty amazing stat. And now I think he's up uh, coaching a little uh, football at his alma mater with Thad McNeil at Carlsbad. So, Christian, if you're listening, a career uh, well done, my friend. But getting back to the Aztecs this weekend, this is a big game. You can't go to New Mexico State and stub your toe. you got to go over there. you got to play a good, solid football game. And I would hope that they could get that game won by the middle of the third quarter where they could get some of their backup people some quality work, get the starters out, and get ready to go against Utah State on Saturday night, September 21st. Utah State's bringing a good football team in here. And the Aztecs have got to be ready for that. So uh, if you're an Aztec fan, congratulations. If you're an Aztec fan... Uh, I always open the phone lines up to you Aztec fans. Not uh, too many Aztec fans uh, take me up on that. The one thing you got to do if you're in college football uh, and you're a fan of college football, man, you gotta, you got to wave the flag a little bit. You know, Adam uh, comes from down in the Atlanta area, down in Georgia, with the University of Georgia. I mean, that's a hotbed. You know that they, they, they have talk shows in the middle of the day down uh, in that part of the country on recruiting. And they're like, Every day for like four hours, where's Billy Bob going? Oh, well, Tennessee's talking to him, Georgia's talking to him, Auburn's talking to him. You know, it, it's crazy. People have no idea. Hey, when I was in, in, down in Texas, and this is 35 years ago I was down there, I can't begin to tell you what it was like Texas, 
Texas A&M, Arkansas, and the old Southwest Conference. I mean, there was a guy once upon a time that wanted to go to Texas A&M. And his father was a big wig with the company. And the guy that owned the company was a Texas grad. And he calls the father in when he finds out this kid's going to commit to Texas A&M. And it, Texas really wanted this guy. This is, this is a, honest to God's truth. And the owner of the company calls this father in who was making six figures at the time. This is back in like the mid-80s. And he goes, hey, I understand your, your son's a great uh, uh, five-star recruit, and everybody's going after him. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going after him. And he goes, well, where's he thinking about going? Well, you know, to be honest with you, he's thinking about uh, going to uh, Texas A&M, and he's going to commit here in the next couple of days. And the man that owned the company, who was a big Texas grad, goes, well, you know what? Uh, you know, you might want to have a talk with your son because, uh, you know, uh, things are getting a little bit tough here with the company. And, uh, you know, uh, we may have to go a different direction with you here uh, in the next couple of weeks. He basically was telling the father, if your son, this five-star recruit, doesn't go to Texas and he goes to A&M, you're going to be out of a job. That, that's basically what he was telling this man. And that, that's the, the truth. I'm telling you, other parts of the country, when you talk about college football, it can get a little bit vicious, and that's why every Saturday when a coach in the Southeastern Conference gets beat, the next uh, day or two, uh, he's always on the hot seat, and that's the hot-button topic down in that part of the country. Here in San Diego, hey, we're happy the Aztecs go to the Frisco Bowl and all that. I want to hear from some diehard college football fans, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. When we come back, we're going to tell you about a man who's on a two-year contract with the San Diego Padres, yet he hasn't pitched in the big leagues all this year until maybe next week. We'll tell you who that is next, right here on 97.3 The Fan. Welcome back, Coach John Cantera, going till uh, 3 o'clock. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And then we'll uh, turn it over to uh, Gwen and Chris. They'll have you for uh, three hours. Uh, get you ready for Padre Baseball. Braden Soprenant with our uh, pregame show tonight. Uh, that'll get underway at 6-10. And uh, first pitch tonight, 7-10. will be left-hander Cole Hamels going for the Cubbies, the local product at a Rancho Bernardo. And he'll go against a right-hander, Chris Paddock. Uh, should be a heck of a ball game tonight. Hey, I want to remind everyone, uh, you can join 97.3 The Fan September 21st at the American Heart Association San Diego Heart and Stroke Walk. Uh, together we will save lives. You can learn more at sdheartwalk.org. Again, sdheartwalk.org. And uh, uh, Chris Ello going to be the master of ceremonies out there. It'll get underway uh, right about 6 a.m. Uh, down there in Balboa Park. I'm sure everyone uh, that comes out. It's going to have an absolutely a fantastic time. If you'd like to dial me up this afternoon, our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by the uh, longtime uh, play-by-play voice 
of the Lake Elsinore Storm. Uh, Sean McCall going to join me on the uh, program today. Uh, I wanted to uh, get to uh, Garrett Richards. That's the uh, pitcher that I was talking about. Uh, Garrett Richards last night started the ball game for Lake Elsinore in uh, game one of the uh, best out of five uh, series in the California League. Uh, Lake Elsinore defeated by Zelia 5-2. Garrett Richards last night coming off that Tommy John surgery. Uh, four innings, six hits, two runs, both earned. Uh, one walk and two strikeouts, uh, 63 pitches, 40 strikes. Uh, Sean McCall going to be able to talk a little bit about that, and he'll also be able to uh, uh, shed some light on some of the other uh, performers. He saw Gore up there earlier this year. He saw Luis Patino up there this year. So uh, we'll uh, visit with Sean McCall um, here uh, shortly about uh, Lake Elsinore uh, taking on Visalia again tonight. Game two, you got to win three out of five. You win three out of five, and bingo, uh, we could have uh, a championship ball club up there in the California League. Also tonight, in Game 5 in the Northwest League, you've got Hillsboro going against Tri-City. Last night, Tri-City, which is the uh, uh, short-season A-ball team up in the Northwest League, Tri-City uh, shut out Hillsboro 6-0. Uh, so the deciding game tonight, so the Padres could uh, wrap up a, a title in the Northwest League. And then last night, we had Philip Wellman on yesterday the uh, manager of Amarillo, uh, and uh, it was 13-6 to Amarillo last night over Tulsa. Had a bunch of guys have big nights. Buddy Reed, who quite honestly has kind of fallen off the radar this year, he was 3-for-4 with a double and a home run last night. Remember Luis Torrens uh, from about three years ago? He was a Rule 5 draft pick here with the Padres and was in Elsinore last year, having a great year, was voted the defensive uh, catcher of the year in the Texas League. He was 3-for-3 last night with a couple of doubles. Taylor Trammell last night, 2-for-4, a couple of RBIs and a stolen base. And outfielder Edward Oliveras, 2-for-5, a double, and uh, three RBIs. Game 2 will be tonight in Amarillo and in the Texas League as well. That's a, a three out of five. Now, you know, we had Philip Wellman on yesterday, and he said that Trammell is starting to pick some things up. He finished the regular season well and then really started to kick it in in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, I'm thinking at some point next year uh, we're going to have Taylor Trammell up here uh, with the big ball club. So we'll talk more here uh, shortly with uh, uh, Sean McCall from the Lake Elsinore Storm. Let's get out to the uh, phones once again. Uh, Tori in San Diego, you're on with Coach John Quintero on 97.3 The Fan. How you doing today? Doing good. We uh, we just moved here about nine months ago from Atlanta, Georgia. And just to comment on, on the passion about college football, when my boys, my teenage boys beat me out here, Within a week calling here, they called me back in Atlanta and said, Dad, nobody cares about college football out here. And so we, uh, the difference is just is crazy. And so especially right now, just in the heart of it where it's early in the season and Tennessee's falling apart and Georgia's winning, um, I really miss being in that atmosphere where it's just nonstop banter that we just, we just don't get out here and I just don't, I don't see with all the Pac-12 schools out here like it is back down in the South. Hey, Tori, I wasn't over-exaggerating. They have those recruiting shows like for four hours a day where they're talking about every top prospect known to mankind. Yeah, so we so basically, so right now, uh, they at start on the East Coast starting at noon until 7 o'clock at night will basically be college football sprinkled in with NFL football for seven hours straight. And they, you're totally right. In the spring, it's more talking about recruiting and who's going where. 
and now coming into now is talking about what's really going on. But it's it's every day you're around. Ah, well, hey, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, who's your favorite team? Your Georgia Bulldog? Well, I, I, so they're my second team. I actually went to the <laughs> University of Miami, but growing up in Georgia, you know, we kind of follow both the Bulldogs and the Hurricanes. Uh, good stuff. Hey, I appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoy my program. It'll tune in uh, quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. Every day. All righty, my friend. Uh, thanks so much for the phone call. Appreciate that. Hey, there's a good college football fan. That opens up a phone line at 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Let's uh, head out to New Jersey. Mitch, you're next up with Coach John Cantero listening on our Radio.com app today. Mitch, how are you? Good, Coach. Uh, how you doing? Uh, doing very well today. What do you got for me today? I love college uh, football, especially recruiting. It's all out in the West. I, I can't believe they're giving out scholarships to ninth and 10th graders. And, and the deciding, the following, I guess they're the best athletes out in the West. I know there's all talk about this ACC and SEC. I mean the ACC, excuse me, not the ACC. But um, San Diego State, they're looking better than UCLA. Um, any reason why they can't be in the Pac-12? Because they need them more West than uh, Utah or even Colorado. And uh, if they did, they do a little better recruiting. Uh, Mitch, I, I will tell you this, and, and I'm going to get to the bottom of the hour here uh, shortly, but uh, I'm going to tell you exactly why I don't think San Diego State will ever be in, in the uh, Pac-12. First of all, the Pac-12 doesn't want them because Pac-12 wants to come to San Diego and get all the great talent out of San Diego. That's number one. Number two, uh, San Diego State would have to come up with a bevy of money to be able to even remotely and I mean remotely compete with the Pac-12 year in and year out. And we're not just talking about football, okay? We're talking about all the Olympic sports. Uh, we're talking about girls softball. We're talking about, uh, you know, the girls track team at San Diego State, the men and women soccer team. Uh, you know, and I know that uh, the soccer team, you know, they play UCLA and they're in that uh, uh, league uh uh, with uh, a lot of Pac-12 schools, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. The girls still play in the Mountain West Conference. But San Diego State, they have no idea, no idea, and the fan base has no idea what it takes to be uh, a big-time, and I'm talking big-time, uh, college uh, sports program. I mean, I coached at Texas Tech University. I know what it's like. And I've been around San Diego State as a broadcaster, as a fan for, for years. Nowhere close. They don't have the money. They don't have the resources. Even though the program out there, they've got good facilities. they got great facilities. You go to some of these Pac-12 schools, Arizona State, uh, and, and some of the other uh, programs around the country, it, it's a different animal. And, you know, it's like I, I brought up a, a few weeks ago, and I'm still amazed by it, that the uh, Southeastern Conference gets like $47 million a year per school from their TV contract. $47.1 million per year per school for TV contracts. In the Mountain West Conference, as Kirk Kenny mentioned yesterday, they're working on a new uh, contract. Right now, the schools in the Mountain West Conference, from what I've read, they get $1.1 million. How do you compete with those guys? You know what? You don't. You don't. And San Diego State's got great coaches. they got a lot of great coaches that work just as hard as any other school uh, coaches in America. But again... You're playing behind the eight ball. Hey, if somebody offers you a scholarship at San Diego State and somebody offers you a scholarship at UCLA or Stanford, where, where are you going to go? Let's be honest here. I used to laugh when they would say, 
well, you got to put a fence around San Diego. You can't let those good Cal- San Diego kids get out of uh, out of San Diego. Hey, I grew up here, okay? And if I got offered a scholarship to, to USC or UCLA, hey, I would go there. I would go there because I watched them on TV for years and years and years. I grew up in the Wooden era. I grew up uh, in the John McKay era. And, you know, if I had a grandson and he's getting recruited by USC, uh, Stanford, San Diego State, uh, you know, Washington, probably going to go to a school in L.A., even though I'm not a big L.A. guy at all. I mean, the status of having played at USC or UCLA in Southern California is flat-out huge. It's flat-out huge. Now, if you're going to grow up and uh, you plan on making your uh, home in San Diego, then come to San Diego State because not only could you be a great star, you could make friends, network, get yourself a good job, and live a, a very nice life uh, happily ever after. But if you're looking to, to make it to the big time, get to the NFL in that, and play in a big-time college football game, I mean, no offense to SDCCU Stadium, but where would you rather play your home games, in the Rose Bowl or the L.A. Memorial Coliseum? I'll leave it at that. We'll get to a timeout. Come back. We're going to talk with Sean McCall from Lake Elsinore Storm. We'll get to the Hang a Star Play of the Day, and then we'll hear from Gwen and Chris. Coach John Cantera going to the top of the hour. Thanks for joining me right here on 97.3 The Fan. Two thirty-eight, Coach John Cantero going to the top of the hour, and then we'll get you a good uh, dose of uh, Gwen and Chris. Uh, I'm sure the boys will have uh, a lot to say about the Padre win last night, and uh, sure they'll touch on the Antonio Brown situation, to say the least. Again, I'll be off tomorrow. We got uh, early Padre baseball tomorrow, but I will be in tomorrow night, nine to eleven, with Braden Surprender. We'll have our high school uh, football program tomorrow night, uh, nine to eleven, and uh, again Friday night. You can download our Radio.com app. And we'll uh, hear the uh, Cathedral Catholic Helix game starting at 7 o'clock. But right now, uh, pretty excited. I wasn't able to get up there this year. Just uh, It was a crazy summer, and I normally get up to at least one, if not a couple, of Lake Elsinore Storm games. But always enjoy having this gentleman on. He's been doing it uh, for a long, long period of time up there at Lake Elsinore. He's a fan favorite. Sean McCall, the play-by-play voice of the Storm, joined me on 97.3 The Fan. Sean, how you doing today? Great, Coach. You're always invited. Please know that, Coach. Whenever you like, you're invited to the Diamond. I know, and you guys always take uh, way too good a care of me. I always come home with a few uh, uh, packages for the family at Tron McCall. But, hey, pretty exciting stuff right now. I mean, early in the year, you guys were kind of up and down, and now you're two games away from winning the league championship. certainly has been a great roller coaster ride. And like you said, a slower start to the year. But remember, Tortoise in the hair, how do you finish? And these guys are certainly finishing strong. The Storm got in as a wild card representative. Rancho, the Dodgers affiliate, they won both halves, and the Storm had the best overall record. That's how they get into the postseason. Well, the first-round opponent was Rancho, a team that the Storm had lost to 22 times out of 30 in the regular season. But the Storm take three of four. They had a walk-off win in Game 2 and a thrilling victory on Saturday night to clinch that series. And then a couple of days off, and then taking on the best in the league, the Diamondbacks affiliate Visalia. And Visalia had a winning record against every team in the Cal League this year, except the Storm. And in three series, Lake Elsinore won all three of those and won six of the nine head-to-head. And a big ball game last night, great way to start a best-of-five championship series with a win at home. And Garrett Richards was on the bump last night in a starter's role, wishing him 
uh, success on his path back to the major leagues and well, a great 5-2 win. So uh, thanks for asking. It is positive right now. Well, you've been doing this for 24 years. I'm going to ask you here in a minute how many rings you got. But uh, I want to talk on, on Garrett Richards. A.J. Preller was actually up there last night. Uh, and Garrett Richards went the four innings. Uh, kind of give me your thoughts on him. His numbers were, they were okay. They weren't great, but they, they were okay last night. Right, he's still finding his way. Tommy John surgery. And he had made three regular season starts with the Storm and ultimately had a three-week window where he didn't pitch. He came out of a game against San Jose and said he felt good but felt a little shoulder discomfort. And then there was that three-week lapse. And then he pitched against Rancho in a regular season game in late August, and he didn't seem fine-tuned, was a little bit erratic with his command, but he pitched very well. He looked sharp in the first game of the playoffs. It was September 4th, and the Storm ended up winning 2 nothing. Richards went four and had five uh, strikeouts and zeros along the way. I just thought that his breaking ball, his slider, and his curveball, he had command with uh, several pitches. And he came out last night and, and wasn't as pinpoint with his accuracy. And it threw a lot of fastballs, I thought, but... What he said after the game was that he felt like there was more in the tank, and that was positive for him. And that He went 63 pitches and went four innings, gave up a couple of runs, but remember, it is a time of the year for him that he was eager to be on the bump, and he was eager to be a part of that playoff game, but his goal is to get to the major leagues, and so Preller saw that firsthand, that the velocity's there, it's a, a mid-90s fastball, and he didn't throw a lot of curveballs last night, but... Again, he is uh, fine-tuning himself and getting and getting ready for uh, hopefully a couple of starts with the Padres. Sean McCall, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Lake Elsinore Storm, and also I have to say a great guy and become a great friend over the years going up there and watching ball and listening to Sean call ball games. And you get down to a, a few games when you get an opportunity. You guys play so many games, it's tough to. But, hey, how did Tony Tarasco navigate – all the players coming and going this year. I mean, you know, you had Mackenzie Gore there for better than a half of the year. Uh, he goes bye-bye. Luis Patino comes in. And then you bring in Joey Cantillo. And, you know, he had thrown so, much, so many innings in the Midwest League, they eventually shut him down. How's Tarasco done it with this ball club with the pitching staff? Well, a credit to Tony and also to pitching coach Pete Zamora. Pete was named the coach of the year for an all-star voting. There's one manager of the year and one coach, whether it's hitting, pitching, etc. And Vicelia's manager was the manager of the year. They had the best record, but Pete was named coach of the year, and he led a pitching staff that led the league in shutouts. That certainly did have flux and change that you talk about. Yes, there were some front-end guys with Patino and with Gore in mind that showcased here in the Cal League, and it was Gore who was named an all-star, but Coach Howe, he wasn't the player or the pitcher of the year in the Cal League. He was a dominant pitcher and the pitcher of the year in 15 starts, and I'm glad he had a healthy season. But, yes, there's change, and also there's been late change. The Storm had promotions with Double A Amarillo in the Texas League Finals right now, and they're up one game on Tulsa, the Dodgers affiliate. The Storm had Aaron Lasher, a 10-game winner, get promoted late at the end of August after he was with the Storm all season. Closer Jordan Guerrero got promoted. And Elliot Ashbeck, an all-star right-hander. So all of a sudden, there's guys in the clubhouse who are on the bus that I don't even know their name. I'm not sure who this person is. I'm trying to match up a picture with a player and, and see if we can shake a hand and say welcome in some manner. But there was certainly a lot of change. And the credit goes to Tony for the leadership and to Pete for guiding that pitching staff and these players that have certainly uh, bonded together. And they've had some fantastic comebacks. Coaching the last 13 home wins, eight victories in walk-off fashion and that was going into last night and in last night's ball game it was 2-2 until the eighth and the storm got three in the eighth 
and then Mason Fox ended up shutting it down with a zero in the ninth. But these players have resolved. They believe in one another. It is a very young group. I sent you that lineup just so you get an idea of the Storm lineup today, and there's five guys who are 19 and two guys that are 20. That is exceptionally young based on years past when it used to be more of a college mentality. And, and uh, these days, yes, that youth movement is alive and well here with the Storm, but credit to those coaches and the entire staff for keeping them together. And then once you get a smell of little blood, once you get a taste of the postseason, they're telling me there's a chance. And these guys certainly have responded. And like you said, now just a couple of wins away from a Cal League championship ring. Sean uh, McCall from Lake Elsinore Storm, our guest on 97.3 The Fan. I want to ask you about Joey Cantillo because I know you didn't get an opportunity to see him a whole lot. Uh, he made uh, a few appearances with the Storm, but he had a great year in the Midwest League. What, what were your thoughts on him? I just liked his poise. I liked his presence on the mound, an excellent changeup. Uh, I know it was late in the year, and so the arm might be a little bit gassed, but uh, the Padres wisely shut him down. This is a, a young player who is in that teenage status as well, who uh, isn't too far away from getting a look in the major leagues, and he had such a dominant season at the lower level, well-deserved promotion. And with the storm, his first outing is a little bit off, but I loved when he said after the game, I'm going to be better in, that, in my next start, and he certainly was not out there with a lot of flash but he does have a lot of substance and we saw a pitcher that has an understanding of of what he goes to work with and that effective change up and throwing uh, four pitches for strikes and uh, doing his thing so he's evolving as well and it's exciting for the Padre fans to know that there are these young pitchers that are making their way up to the higher levels and may they all have health coach Hey, Sean, I want to ask you about a couple of position players. I appreciate the time. I know you got a game tonight. It's at 6 o'clock at the Diamond. So if your folks are out and about or listening on Radio.com at the Diamond and Lake Elsinore, 6 o'clock uh, uh, first pitch, and I advise Elliot going against Elsinore. Elsinore leads the series uh, one game to none, the best of five. Xavier Edwards, when he got promoted from the Midwest League, I mean, the guy was doing it. Uh, he was hitting 336. He was leading the league in hitting. Uh, he was stealing bases. And it seemed like when he came to the storm, he kind of picked up where he left off there in Fort Wayne. He certainly did. He has great bat-to-ball skills and a fine second baseman as well. I know that he has played shortstop, and he did a number of games with the storm and just a couple at DH, but primarily at the second baseman. And when he joined the storm, Estee Ruiz was an all-star second baseman, and he was basically moved to the outfield. He eventually got injured and was on the IL for the rest of the year. But the storm infield, he solidified defensively just with that middle infield of 19-year-old shortstop Gabriel Arias, who was one of the top hitters in the league and led the storm in home runs, excellent glove and a fine fielder. And with Edwards complementing that middle infield, uh, it certainly uh, gave the storm a, a lot of confidence defensively. And and not many in the organization have the bat-to-ball skills that Xavier had. He had over 300 in the Cal League, and he had 59 hits in 46 games. And then he had a great series against Rancho. In the first three games, he had seven hits in that series. He walked four or five times, and he was a presence on the base path. He steals bases as well. He had mid-30s this year, com- combining on the Midwest League and the Cal League and the playoffs as far as stolen bases. And I just like uh, his presence on the field and a young player. He turned 20 this year. And so uh, keep your eye out on Xavier Edwards, the young man from Wellington, Florida. Luis Camposano, the, the catcher. I mean, this, this guy's had a big year. And could you talk a little bit about him both offensively and defensively? Yes, Coach. He's uh, another 20-year-old. And this guy was the highest-drafted catcher two years ago out of Crossgrave High School in Georgia. And I didn't know what I would 
get to witness this year. I hadn't seen him play before. And then lo and behold, he starts the year with a 10-game hitting streak. And he really just maintained consistency and became a Cal League batting champion. He had 325 and he had 15 home runs. He was second in the league in RBIs with 81 and just hits the ball hard. Loud contact and a clutch player offensively, defensively. Uh, he has, he's a guy that's led this staff as well. He shared coaching, uh, excuse me, catching duties with Jalen Washington. Jalen doing the backup mop-up duties, but a, a big performer and contributor as well. But uh, I like uh, Camposano's arm and his presence behind the plate and signal calling and being a leader. He's a quiet leader, doesn't do a lot of vocal, but that bat, that bat speaks volumes. And uh, that's an exciting young player as well. League MVP, co-MVP, and the all-star catcher. And I uh, look forward to great things from him uh, in these final few games against Visalia. Hey, Sean, as I let you get out of here, who's on the hill tonight for the uh, store? A right-hander named Reese Kinnear. He's from Glenhead, New York, and he went to school at Fordham. That's where Brett Kennedy went. And, of course, the great Ben Scully. But he uh -huh. was drafted last year, and Reese has pitched well for the Storm this season. Uh, he got three wins in the regular season. He pitched well in his postseason start, which was last Thursday. Again, the Storm rallied to win in walk-off fashion. And I like the chances tonight. Uh, Reese on the mound, and then there's a day off tomorrow. And then that series shifts to Visalia. Game three's on Friday, and if there is a four and five, that's at Recreation Park in Visalia as well. But a big night for both teams, a chance to either go up 2-2 or Visalia gets a must-needed win to get a split of this series that starts here in Lake Elsinore. But Reese Kinnear, the right-hander and former Fordham Ram on the bump tonight. And, yes, you mentioned 6 o'clock, but also for fans that can make it, $5 tickets, $5 parking, $5 food and beverage specials, and come on out and root. It's the final game in 2019 here at the Diamond. Okay, and as you're uh, going out, I, I forgot to ask you, how many rings you got already from being the Storm broadcaster? A 96 in 2001. That was Jake Deavy's year. That was the first season as a Padres affiliate <laughs> in 01, and also 2011. So I've got three, and uh, you know what? A ring for these players would be most important. They've earned it. They've worked hard, and they certainly can see that that's within sight. So a couple wins away, Coach, and uh, a championship experience perhaps this season for the Padres affiliate here in the Cal League. Hey, good luck, my friend. Coach, I appreciate it. Thanks for caring and for sharing, and look forward to seeing you the next time. And good luck to the Padres. Have a great day. Uh, there's our guy, Sean McCall, marvelous man up there with the uh, Lake Elsinore Storm. Uh, we got a lot to get done here. We're going to get to Chris Ello here momentarily, and we're going to share the Aztec non-conference basketball schedule. But let's get to our Hang a Star play of the day. What play separated the winners from the losers? It's time for the Hang a Star play of the day. You can hang a star on that, baby. A 97.3 The Fan. Here is Cishek. Inside ball four. This ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. I'm going to score Rios. Just touched home plate. It's official. It's a 9-8 ball game. How about them, boys? That was the Hang a Star play of the day on the John Cantera Show on 97.3 The Fan. Hey, there wasn't that much going on on a Tuesday night. That game was a late night ball game. Uh, you know, we'll throw a little homer call in there. It's nice to get our uh, our uh, play of the game in there. The Padres win, the Padres win. And uh, Chris L., long night at the ball yard, huh? Is the game over, is the game over yet? <laughs> it's crazy. It was crazy. Um, yeah, I'm glad that, uh, that Manuel Margot drew that walk. Because who knows how long that game might have gone last night. But, yeah, it's baseball now, right? I mean, three hours and 50 minutes is not – doesn't really even raise your eyebrows anymore. No, I mean, think about that. Back in the day, you played a 10-inning game. 
Might have been two hours and 45 minutes, but now that you're going close to four hours, nobody's really, nobody even says a thing anymore. And I think it's all, you know, they, they, baseball thinks they're going to change it with all of these, uh, you know, stopwatches and time clocks and all of this stuff. And they're not going to change it that way. The way it's going to change is to get some guys who know how to pitch and throw some strikes and put batters away and get at bats over with quicker. That's the way it's going to change. And, and, and as long as you want to keep teaching kids as they grow up, and you're, I'm talking to the coach right now, you. Um, everything, as you know now about a kid growing up pitching, is how hard can you throw? They don't teach anybody how to pitch. And I, I just think last night was, excuse me, last night was such a great example of what I'm talking about because Andres Munoz has done a fantastic job for the Padres, right? But the home runs that were hit off him last night were 99-mile-per-hour pitches. The point being, it doesn't matter how fast you throw it to these big league hitters. Chris Bryant can still turn it around and hit it 400 feet the other way. You have to locate your pitches well and mix them up, in and out, you know, the whole thing, change speeds. But nobody learns how to do that anymore. I'm not picking on Andres Munoz. I'm using this as an example. But until you can find some people who can pitch, I think baseball games are going to continue to be long. Well, I agree with you 100%. I see a lot of throwers, a lot of throwers out there right now. And you and I, for years, I mean, we've been working together for almost three decades. Yeah. And we've always talked uh, during breaks, on the air, off the air, whenever, about the old Don Drysdale. you got to put a little on, take a little off. you got to add and subtract. But, you know, that's just the way baseball has gone right now. Hey, before we get out of here, you're an Aztec alum. Adam uh, just pulled off uh, the non-conference schedule for the Aztec just came out for basketball. Uh, Adam, let's hear a few of them. So they're going to be on TV 20 times, CBS Sports Network 10, ESPN Family Networks four times, Stadium three times, FS1 twice, and Pac-12 Network once. That's pretty good. Over Thanksgiving, they'll be in Vegas in the Continental Tires Las Vegas Invitational starting off against Creighton. That was the one they were originally supposed to play Texas Tech, wasn't right, it? Right, and they got switched. They got switched up. They were going to play the defending national runner-ups. December 21st, they'll be in uh, Los Angeles at the Staples Center playing in the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. That's cool. Starting off against Utah. Good. Regular season tips off against Texas Southern November 5th. And they'll be playing USD on November 20th. I'm telling you, when they when they open a season against Texas Southern, Coach, you can throw the records out. Those two teams get together. <laughs> hey, you know what I think? No, uh, I'm excited. Brian I'm always Dutcher, excited. I think he's going to have a pretty good team. Uh, they got uh, you know a couple of guys uh, coming in, a couple of guys that redshirted last year. They should have a pretty good ball club, I would think. I, you know what? Look, I'm I am going to be. It's going to be very difficult for anybody to ever sour me on San Diego State basketball. I, I don't even care if they had an under 500 season. It would be hard to sour me on San Diego State basketball. Well, you basketball. and I have seen uh, some pretty bad basketball. Exactly. We've seen winless seasons before. And we've before. called some of those basketball games. We've called games. winless seasons before. So the fact that they've been as good as they've been for as long as they've been, and I think Brian Dutcher's doing a really good job picking up from Steve Fisher. Not easy to Not take over all. for a legend. Not at all. And, you know, your first year you get to the NCAA tournament there. Uh, last year, they made another good run in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. So, look, I, I know there's some Aztec fans that say, well, I want to go back to the Sweet 16 every year. Okay, I do too. But I'm not going to be disappointed with the fact that this is just such an improved program beyond anything I ever imagined. 
So. What do you got real quick? we got about 45 seconds. Uh, football, football, football. Uh, Bill Williamson, uh, AFC uh, ESPN writer, is going to join us. And uh, also some guy from Houston to talk about how bad the prevent defense is. Maybe John McClain? Not John. No, He's a real I know good John, guest. But, good guy. Uh, we're we're going to talk about hopefully the death one day of the prevent defense. All righty, Rich Herrera. Adam Klug, great job. Chris Ello, uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. coming up next. Hope everyone enjoyed the show. Remember, off tomorrow. I'll be back in on Friday at 12 o'clock. Until then, remember, keep that dial tuned right here and only right here to 97.3 The Fan. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the John Quintero Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.